This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Steve, three points, clean sheet. All those are very important, but what do you take from tonight's game? Well, I don't know what I'm doing, maybe. You were a villain as a kid. I mean, is this special? I was a straight and narrow as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Albert Adoma, free ball in, and it's headed home by Jack Grealish. The greatest moment of his life. Ball asking him up. He strikes at the heart of Birmingham City. Usually every time he finished a song, he'd get on a payphone wherever he was in the country and call me and wake me up. And so, like, he'd lay the phone down and start playing his guitar, you know? And that's how I heard this song the first time. I always thought this was a real pretty one. It's called uh, My Old Man. have an alias I used to work under years ago called Buddhism and literally I tried to put a remix out in Asia and I got a fucking backlash from hell <laughs> <laughs> I was like right I can't do that then what, what, what did they say did you say that's how disrespectful are you to try and make money off the name of religion I was like it's my, mm. it's my family name <laughs> Anyway, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, people, we're just waffling here. Welcome to the My Own Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOwnManSaid.com. Joining me to discuss... 2018. Yeah, some of the highlights of 2018 is Dan Rogers of the TheVillaUnderground.com. Hello. And uh, professional Buddhist, Chris Budd. Shalom. Not, not, not very popular in Asia, though. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks a lot. Welcome to 2019, everybody. It is a good, yeah, welcome I've got a good feeling about this year. 2018, not such a good feeling. 2019, 2019, a bit six out of ten, I would say. It you was know, kind of the year final, that could have been, but didn't. Whacking teams, uh, left, right, and centre under Smith before the defence realised who it actually was and started shipping goals. But I mean, we had John Terry, and then he left us, and then we had the reconciliation. We separated for a bit, and we're back together. In between him uh, trying to sell us like swimwear and yeah, been <laughs> trying to. I've got the full range. Good lad, <laughs> trying to make out he had a perfect life on Instagram. We know it's covering over the cracks. Uh, right, f- well, hashtag no filter. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I put out on uh, the My Own Men Said Facebook page. Uh, I offered you up to give me your top three moments of the year so we're going to just run through a few of them as the structure to the show if you haven't listened to the show before this isn't a typical my old man said podcast this is more one of our extra shows which uh with 2019 we're going to do a normal show every week and we're going to try to throw in an extra show as well which may be a q a maybe some mumbo jumbo uh, who knows but yeah we have some leftover listener questions to uh, go through as well so uh, let's let's start with 2018 well, I'll just ask you, each of us our defining moment, and let's say the worst thing that happened and, and your highlight. Dan Rogers, what was your highlight? 
the highlight? I think the highlight was. Hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we didn't plan it, for this. I've just thrown it at him. <laughs> I think a singular highlight. I think um, it would be. I, I, I'm going to sit on the fence. The, the two goals in terms of. Uh, I thought McGinn's goal was a great goal. And I thought the Hutton goal with uh, sheer volume in the whole end was a great singular moment. Passe inversão, inverteu errado. Pederson cortou. A bola sobrou para Rotan. Agradece o Aston Villa. Rotan, bota velocidade, bota saúde, bota força. Vem trazendo o pintão. Golaço! Golaço de Rotan! Worst moment, I think, was the realization that <laughs> Recon and Tony, Doctor Tony, that, that things were, were actually worse than we'd ever prophesized on this podcast, or in, <laughs> in the darkest corners of of our minds. And those corners are dark. And <laughs> I think that the, the prospect of, of Villa going out of business or, or whatever, you know, it, it for it to even have been on the table. Yeah, it was a real low. So being on their knees in such a way financially, uh... it, it, it defies comprehension. Even looking back on it, but at the time it was terrifying. So what's the defining moment of two thousand eighteen? For me, it was our abject failure in the playoff final. That it was that it was the, our biggest game in in many years, and we we didn't turn up. And we, you know, save for a couple of glimpses of from, from Grealish, you know, there were talking points in that game, but. That was the defining moment for me, that there'd been all that build-up. We'd clawed our way into the playoffs. We'd done the hard work in the playoffs and, and we were so limp and all, all the stuff that came with it that, that that defined the whole season for me. Yeah. Chris Budd, best, let's, let's say, let's say uh, worst moment of 2018 as a Villa supporter. Worst moment was probably the drive home from Wembley. Oof. Yeah. That was just grim. You know, having come, my record at the new Wembley is appalling. I mean, I've n- I'm yet to see Villa win there, having missed the having missed the Liverpool game and gone to every <laughs> other one. And um, just a caveat, he's already mentioned this in the previous podcast, but he was at the San Siro watching the Milan derby when the Villa semi final was on. Yeah, so, so we, can, we can we can let him off, but we can yeah. let him off that one. But as Dan said, no, I think you know we we went away from the ground thinking well it was a huge opportunity missed, but little did we know the chaos that was about to ensue within. A couple of days. That was definitely the, the lowest moment, I think. Biggest moment, the positive I think, moment. Um, I mean, Dan's already mentioned the goals. I would actually say that the first winner of the Blues, the February one, I think, because if I remember rightly, I think we, that was the seventh win on the bounce, wasn't it? That was a record mm. win. It was a, obviously against the rivals. It put us, it put us into second, we second place. place yeah, the only a, time we've broken week. into the top two since we've been down yeah. in this and that uh, was the, league. I, think that was the, I remember we sat down after that game and said, this this has to be the start of us really pulling away and we just bottled it from that point. Yeah. So that would be and the... Um, defining moment? I would say the defining moment was the moment Glenn Whelan missed his penalty. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's a good call. Kind of summed up the city. It literally summed up the year. You know, some brilliant yeah. attacking play, some appalling defending. Ultimately, a big opportunity missed, and the, you know the, the tide turned and Bruce was gone via a cabbage as well. Ah, uh, yes, cabbage gate. Yeah, my I don't know what's my biggest disappointment of this year. Well, I, th- I think it's obviously not getting promoted uh, in the playoffs, but just that lack at half time just being absolutely appalled by what had happened in front of your eyes, i.e. Mm. no effort. Hardly a Villa player crossing the halfway line at times. And just seeing that you had a manager who was scared to actually try to win a game Mm. and was more concerned about not losing it. And Fulham, you know, they're not Barcelona, come on. Even though, you know, they were 
on hot form. It's not. We had the personnel to do it. We just didn't have a team because of uh, the way the manager structured us. But yeah, that would be the disappointment, obviously. And do you remember the real kick in the teeth after that game? I remember listening to Tom Bloody Kearney saying football was the winner today. You know, the team that yeah. turned up and played football won. And you thought, hate to say it, but he's right. But it's yeah, horrible that... to have that put down thrown at your team, isn't mm. it? In such a big exactly. game. It's a horror. Yeah. It's the, one of the worst insults you could have in a playoff final. We were the bad guys and we spoiled all the neutrals' uh, enjoyment of that game. Yeah. Also, it's disappointing to actually have been in the playoff final uh it sounds silly but uh, when when you got a team like cardiff getting automatic promotion it was a joke with a manager who got his job in the same week as steve bruce and had minuscule resources compared to steve bruce and we're not even talking about oh net transfer fees or he, he literally had nothing he was you know beg stealing and borrowing little loans here and there no no names and just he got those that team fired up, playing beyond their you know capabilities. It made very little go a long way. I mean, you know, for God's sake, Joe Bennett's playing left back for them, and uh, most Villa fans just ridiculed him when he was at the club. But he was good enough to get them promoted, and that was mm. that. That probably hurt more than even the playoff loss because the playoff final, you know, it's a lottery, and we're against a team who could actually play football. And the fact that in the cold light of day we couldn't even pit Cardiff in that season just made me just think well all these arseholes in the press that have been blowing smoke up Bruce's arse all the time and saying what a promotion expert he is I mean I'm sorry but you've just got outdone by Neil Warnock and a very very average Cardiff team pluses was there any I think the biggest plus is considering the shit that we were in by our Chinese friends and the uh, the mystical recon group the fact that we got owners that we did that came out of nowhere in uh, Suarez and uh, Wes Edens. I mean, obviously, uh, the proof's in the pudding, but that was almost like a get-out-of-jail card because we could have been in real shit because he was uh, Dr. Tony was scrambling around. He didn't know what the hell was going on. I mean, some of the people he was engaging with are ridiculous in terms of selling the club, saving the club and, and raising money. So to get two bona fide people like them connected with Villa offers actual hope because we are in a serious position here and i think as i said on the previous podcast we may not get out of this division anytime soon so at least you have people who uh, give you a, a fighting chance shall we say so that's my probably my in terms of the long term just having those two uh, owners in with a bit of uh, wealth because in this stupid modern game now you obviously need a few pennies in the bank to compete defining moment that must be the Villa Underground Christmas jumper. <laughs> Massive. Absolutely huge. <laughs> they said Probably it couldn't be done. <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, if it was one thing that our Chinese owners did come through on, it was Christmas jumpers. 9% spandex still available from the Underground.com store. Sizes limited. Yeah, for next Christmas. But no, seriously speaking... Uh, <laughs> Probably Alan Hutton's goal, because I was standing on this fire escape stroke balcony where the police uh, do their uh, briefings above the control centre, overlooking the side of the right-hand side of the hole. And just seeing, it was almost like you see him on the horizon getting the ball and then he obviously uh, skis all the way through the Blues defence and midfield, sorry, and uh, puts it away. And you just think, this is kind of villa, something beautiful can come from something so ridiculous <laughs> if there's any one player that's been with us since we've been shit it's uh alan hutton so he constant. kind of constant embodiment of this turgid period from mcleish onwards who obviously signed him it's been hutton but it's kind of an oxymoron because he's the only one who's like a cockroach has refused to die. <laughs> We've, we tried to loan him out everywhere. And then came, and we couldn't get rid of him because his contract was too good. But, and, you know, wrote him off so many times. We put him in the bomb squad, but that failed to detonate him. And he, he he's come back. He still can't mark to save his life. But, you know, name me how many players get to score a goal like that. And that was, you know, come on, it's better than Maradona's goal. We've already proven that in the uh, the head-to-head analysis. There are, you know, there's still wonder to be had from supporting this team. But 
it drives you crazy because some of the things that have happened, uh, well, since My Own Man Said and Villa Underground have been running, shouldn't have happened. I mean, they just defy common sense, uh, whether it's people that have worked at the club, whether it's players that have been signed for the club or managers even. It defies rational explanation, especially when you, you stack what's happened against the piles of money. Yeah. Unbelievable money that have been that have been expended. I mean... <laughs> so, yeah, so in a nutshell, Alan Hutton's goal pretty much is a metaphor for what's been going on at Villa. Right. Let's. Uh, I'm just going to read out three of these points. So uh, let's start with... Right, so these are the top three moments. This is Andrew Weisslaw. I apologize if I, I pronounced your name wrong. Number one, Whelan's penalty. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> Solid choice. Whelan's goal at Borough, worthy of a pushka. <laughs> and number three, top moments of 2018, Whelan's pace. Now that does prompt me for my anecdote from the Hawthorns where an Albion fan behind me remarked as, as Whelan was coming onto the pitch as a sub that the, the only thing with, with less pace than Whelan himself was his receding hairline. <laughs> but he is he's too old now i mean uh him yedinak even mccormack were basically signed to get us up in that first season and then they would have got you know tried to blown them out or something anyway right moving on uh mark baron he says uh top highlights 2018 wolves 4-1 yeah good check blues 4-2 bristol 5-0 oh fireworks bristol mm. right shout boom that's a good point. The Wolves one was something that was actually that was the most. That was the best performance, wasn't it, last season? It was an either-or game after like I don't know, it's twenty-five minutes, first half hour, yeah. and then uh, we just exploded. And but that was a like that was like giving the upstarts a slap because obviously they they were running away with the league. Mm. And when that game happened, you actually thought, "Hang on a minute, they've got some tricky fixtures coming up." That's kind of knocked them a bit. We might still still be uh, challenging for automatic there, and obviously we fucked it up after that. It just but, makes uh, me think of the two games after where we just well, we obviously went and lost both both yeah. of them. But it was it makes me think of that annoying piece on the website that said, "We've got our villa back." Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Bollocks. And this is how reactionary social media is now. If you win something, it's like everything's great. Everything's you know. You're back. It's it's all good. If you lose, it's like the end of the world. There's there's not many rational heads about. Sorry, Mark goes on to say, gold wise, it was uh, McGinn against Sheffield Wednesday, mm. standard. Yep. Hudson against the Scum, standard. Grealish against Cardiff. Actually, that was a, that was a good goal. Yeah, that was a great goal. Uh, Jonathan Nettleton says, <laughs> uh, top moments of 2018. Number one, Bruce getting sacked. Number two, the sacking of Steve Bruce. Number nice three, <laughs> number three, Bruce leaving. I see what he's done there. He's <laughs> on, Bruce he's fan on, then, yeah? Yeah, he's on theme, isn't he? Yeah, he's on theme. All all three very valid uh, highlights uh, of, of the year. Uh, Dave Rogers says, number one, getting to the playoff final, as we've uh, discussed. Number, t- But I, I don't know, is that a highlight if you don't win it? I don't know. Those two playoff games, to be fair, if you, if you count those as the getting there, we made a Bloody hard work of the second leg. It was a horrible watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Both legs, both legs were behind the sofa. God, it was awful. So, yeah, three of those games, in terms of the playoff games, two of them were a nightmare to watch. One of them, you know, okay, because we scored quite early, didn't we, in that game? Yeah, away from home, yeah. Yeah, yeah didn't we? Played really well. Uh, number two, uh, top point, keeping Grealish. That sometimes I, I thought I was the only one shouting out to keep him uh, as everybody else was trying to drive him off to uh, White Hart Lane. Listen, we needed that two million quid. <laughs> <laughs> number, <laughs> number three, Smith coming in. Well, the jury's still out on that one. Let's be rational here. But he has been a breath of fresh air in terms of his approach, and as we discussed in the previous show, but is it reckless? We will find out once the personnel are in place, uh, hopefully at the end of this transfer window. Adam Keeble, former writer for My Old Man Said, highlights Grealish versus the Blues. Yep, McGinn's mm-hmm. wonder goal. Number three is probably my favourite way of putting it. Bruce getting cabbaged. Bruce getting cabbaged and leaving. In terms of losing a manager, I think Villa do it in style. And I thought the Mm. way we got rid of Bruce, we obviously we wanted him out just because we knew this was never going to go anywhere, despite what the Birmingham Mail said, guaranteeing that he would get us promoted. But if it's not bed sheets, it's cabbages. Whelan missing a penalty in injury time after after somebody had rolled a cabbage at Bruce. It's uh, it's just poetic villa for the annals. 
He has a fourth point. This is getting a bit greedy. He actually lives in America. So he says, seeing Villa live for the first time in two years versus Stoke in the bastard cold and rain. <laughs> Welcome home. Welcome home, <laughs> yes. Uh, shame you didn't stay on a bit longer so you could have gone to the FA Cup game against Swansea and frozen your bollocks off. <laughs> uh, Dan Short says, Sheffield United away. Bristol oh, City home. Presumably that was the 4-1 away defeat he's on about. Cause that, I mean, that was a highlight. Yeah. Why the would... Algarzi consolation yes. was a moment <laughs> yeah. in <Is> that... time. <laughs> All four re- corners of the ground <laughs> singing for Steve Bruce's head as well, I seem to recall. Do you think that was the Sheffield United moment? Oh. Don't think so. Maybe. Maybe it was the Snodgrass winner in the last the minute. The last minute limbs. That was yeah. a good moment. Oh, but that Snodgrass pass against Oh, <laughs> pass, pass, porn. Yeah, why, why isn't that in any of these top threes? That that Snodgrass pass against Burton. I, I just don't, so I good, you can't find it, it anywhere online. Uh, number three, Borough away playoffs. Mm. Although Borough away in the league was was uh, a much was better more, trip. Yeah. Anyway, Matt Parker. Number one, driving to the hotel after not drinking at my wife's mate's wedding and fr- frantically searching through the radio stations to find out that we'd just gone 4-1 up against Wolves. Number two, singing at the singing at Wembley inside and outside the ground. Well, that's what kind of makes the day, but... Mm. Really, the when football vi- at Wembley, the modern <laughs> Wembley, with you, let me say. Especially when Chris <laughs> Budd is in the terraces. <laughs> yeah. It was a great day until the game kicked off. I'd had a brilliant day up to that point. Hot and sunny. It was a cracking really day. It got fucking ruined by them. Bastards turned up. They always <laughs> ruin my days out. It's the thing. When you lose a game, it, it almost resets and deletes all the good good fun you had on the day. Mm. It does at Wembley. Yeah. It's that, like you say, it's either that long train or long drive home. Yeah, or you yeah. have to stand outside and wait for the train. And then you get home and think, fucking hell, I spent like two, three hundred quid on that day out it's for nothing. Pack of shit to <laughs> Could have gone on holiday, but no. Yeah, Game that is the point. Receding As the Leeds fan was saying on the train to me, it's like two hundred quid every trip uh, away trip uh, following Leeds, and you just think, yeah, you can go on. You can go on a holiday for that, pretty much, if you club together with your mates. Cl- uh, number three, uh, perfect view of Horahan's goal against Smallheath <laughs> from the upper hole. There is certain. There's been certain goals, and we're talking this Horahan goal, McGinn's goal. Hutton's goal, Hutton's, where yeah. sometimes you're in the right place of the ground at the right time to have mm. the perfect view of the goal, which uh, it's one of the problems. Yeah. You, you have that moment and you see it and then you'll watch the replay and that will kind of cover over your actual instinctive first memory of that goal where you did actually have in the ground the perfect view. I mean, Glenn Williams' you're... penalty would be another one, I suppose. Exactly. You had a pretty I think good I was view of that. Down. I think I was somewhere under the uh, Aston Expressway at that point. I'd walked out. So. <laughs> I, all I had was some bloke walking down the road going, we've got a penalty. Oh, fucking hell, Whelan's taking it. He's going to miss. 30 seconds later, he's only gone and missed it. No, who would have Who would have possibly thought? Was you still in the ground, Dan? That's your domain, I isn't it? I, I periscoped it, yeah. I don't know Did why. Because much to the <laughs> amusement lad. of every other football fan in the world. <laughs> I like to think that it maybe it, it, did its, it did its bit in making up the, the Villa board's mind. I don't know. Excellent. John Jones, uh, number one moment of 2018. A Villa fan passing on his deceased father's season ticket to a veteran commander, OAP. I know I was that soldier. Nice story. And a nice touch as well. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Win, yeah. lose or draw. Bit of community. <laughs> uh, number two, uh, Bruce getting sacked. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously that uh, that season ticket would have come in nicely if he was at that Preston game to see uh, to see what the uh, shenanigans that we've just been talking about. And uh, point number three, the Cafu goal against Small Heath. It's funny how you just know a player so wrong for your team, but when he does something like that, what can you say? What can you do? I think every club has a player like that in the history, don't they? Yeah. Where you fun. think they'd Nico never Richards get they'd never get in any goal. other team, would they? Yeah. Uh, I mean, can you imagine <laughs> if Grealish should have scored that goal though? Bloody hell. Mm. Yeah, M- Mika Richards. Have I said it's before in a previous podcast that his season's his career's actually over, but it just hasn't come out yet properly. Anybody would know that, really. Uh, mm. Jason Turner. Let's just do one more of these. Jason Turner highlight of 2018, the pre-match buzz at Wembley, which was actually pretty good. I didn't. Yeah, I enjoyed that day. Yeah, mm. I, I, I didn't have the great. I think I got there kind of latish, and kind of when I went to the Green Man, it was like kind of dying down there. Well, the Green Man. Got- got shut at about half eight in the morning it was so rammed 
Yeah. Mm. So I I just went when it was half empty uh, just before the kickoff. And uh, so I didn't have the greatest pre-match. I was hoping the game would take over. Alas, not. But number two is Derby away, where we really started to believe we could do something again. Past tense. That's a good... Yeah, yeah past tense. It's <laughs> already in the past tense with Smith. That's probably the last time we kept a clean sheet, wasn't it, as well? But uh, it was one of those games... Uh, you do get games that you go, oh, hang on a minute. And I always remember one was Graham Taylor when we beat Everton 6-2, where you thought, fuck. And we, that's when we came second in the league to Liverpool, 1990. When you think, hang on, we're going to do something. Another one, uh, Ron Atkinson away at Manchester United at Old Trafford, where yeah. it was one all at Old Trafford. We went 1-0 up with that rocket from Staunton, and it was back to the wall. But oh, the way, yeah, that lovely left way we strike. defended, yeah, way we defended in Bosnick, uh, and, we, and they were attacking wave after wave. And it was literally like eight players all lined up in a line just coming at us every time. But because we uh, almost won that game and held them off, you just thought, yeah, we're in this title race. And fast forward 100 years, and uh, when we beat Derby <laughs> 3-0, you thought, actually, because we were expecting a, to get probably hammered by Derby. I mean, that was a potential outcome. You wouldn't have uh, been Christ, surprised. How things have changed. But the way we took them apart, and we that could have been five or six, seven even, and you thought, hang on a minute, Smith's doing something here. He's cracked it. You know, we just mentioned about things are either fantastic. He's cracked it. Things are either fantastic or, you know, it's doom and gloom. But people are saying, oh, uh, you know, Smith, he'll get it right. I can guarantee you that. And, uh, you know, it's going to take a couple of transfer windows, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, hang on a minute. What I was watching against Derby was pretty much there and then against Middlesbrough as well. And you think, well, he just needs to sort that defence out so we can have a bit of consistency and don't give away cheap goals, drop cheap points, and we can get in the playoffs this season Get a, you know, and get over the line. If we get in the playoffs, I fancy us. Because the only team I don't Agreed. fancy us against is probably Leeds, and they'll probably be up automatic anyway. Yeah, I think that Derby game does resonate more so than we probably uh, thought about at the time. Because it shows you the potential of what we can be this season already. Uh, number three is the Wolves at home game, which again, probably we thought the same thing about that game where we thought, shit, we can still get automatic. And then we all fucked it up straight. We fucked it up yeah. straight away after. And he's, as he says, mm. particularly Burka's goal. And that was for me, that was probably the funniest goal of 2018. Because that was a Why? goal out of pure anger and dis- <laughs> and hatred yeah. to Steve Bruce for leaving him out in the lurch for so long when he when he deserved to play games and he'd practically you know played back to back decent games where he'd been man of the match and Bruce would still drop him and put Whelan in or uh, Yedinak. Yedinak. I mean, the good news is this season he's he's desperate to prove that he needs to be dropped. Yeah, so. I mean the roles yeah. re- roles have reversed a little bit this season. So it's, yeah. But I remember sh- the Wolves one because after that, everybody else was celebrating in front of the whole tent, and he'd already fucked off down the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want anything to do with it. Fuck well, you when all. He, he's like, well, when he when he scored it, the way you celebrated, he just kind of stood there on his own. He was like, you know, he went to the whole and fuck you, and went to the Trinity and fuck you. He went to Witten and fuck he's you. renowned for being grumpy, isn't he? <laughs> he just and looked he, like a miserable sod. That was literally a player picking the ball up and going, fuck this, I'm not passing. And <laughs> then just going for it, I'm <laughs> out of here. And and that was, it was, you know, rare to see. That was just a purely selfish goal on spite of being dropped and to his due uh, unjustly uh, many, many times. Mm. Anyway, that's enough of the uh, the moments of the year. We're just going to blaze through. I asked for listener questions. These are the ones still relevant. And obviously they're always big burning issues. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Add a Dumbleton. From Harry Potter. <laughs> These are Instagram name handles, so they're going to be silly. So, Adel Dumbleton from Harry Potter. After all the new owners, Smith Hype has settled down. What happens if we don't get promoted? Chris Budd, what happens, Chris? We panic. No. Um... I think there'll be um, Smith will have an idea. You know, I think personnel-wise, it'll be a very different-looking team, but you'd still be sort of confident that he'll have an idea what he wants to do. And I'd, I'd, you'd still like to think with the resources that the, the two guys who've come in who own it now, he'll still have a budget to spend. Financial fair play is going to begin to pinch, you'd imagine. Yeah, I think if they get over the hurdle of uh, financial fair play this coming few months, if they can get over it now, then I think uh, that is the major uh, hurdle, shall we say. Because, I mean, the reality is that if we didn't go up, Grealish would go, but the money we'd get for him would probably keep us solvent for a while anyway. Yeah, I think that's basically the uh, financial fair play backup plan if we don't get promoted is basically Grealish. So be it. Uh, Dan, do you think it's going to... Do you think a lot of fans have resigned themselves to just, you know, sit around the championship for, you know, however long? Because there doesn't seem to be a burning focus to get promoted. I think some fans are actually quite enjoying the championship. I don't think there's any danger in me saying that, that there's not a huge appetite for amongst, uh, I don't want to put percentages on it, but I think there's an amount of fans who don't miss being the whipping boys of the Premier League or being as, finishing between 8th and, I don't know, 18th. I don't think there's any huge huge miss there for some people. But is the league, the Premier League, not a different beast now? Because I see there's there's almost like three leagues within that league now. There's the top I agree. five. No, I agree. And I think it's where it's where we sit within that, isn't it? What our aspiration would be if we did get up. Yeah, then there's like a let's say it's a mini league of four or five middling teams, and I think Wolves have just got into that. And then the mm. rest of it is pretty much on par to the top of the, the championship, I think. So if we got our act together, we wouldn't be the whipping boys. You, you could hope to get a mid-table finish with you know just getting a decent team up there. Oh, yeah. I, I think the, the, the other problem that the Premier League have, has, and this is where, personally, I, I'd like to be promoted. I think that j- just because, I don't know, maybe I have romantic ideas that we could we could actually rebuild ourselves into some sort of respectable, reputable club again, I don't know. You want to watch your Europa League football again, don't you? I don't want to watch Europa League football again, I must admit, but, you know, I think that this, do you know, it's going to, it links to my point really that the Premier League needs to address the fact that there are a lot of pretty unsexy fixtures in there. Yeah. Am I going to, I'm, I'm not too excited about Villa playing Cardiff in the Premier League. I'm not excited about Villa playing Huddersfield in the Premier League. You know, yeah. insert probably six or seven other teams for me, I have to admit. Yeah. And that's the issue that, you know, you get up there and you get into the Europa League. Nobody wants to be in the Europa League. No fan does, no player does, no coach does. So, and that, you know, just going back to the question quickly is around this, you know, if, if when the hype settles down with, with Smith and what happens if we don't get promoted, this is probably the shrewd bit about the Smith appointment that, you know, if it comes off well, he gets us promoted and he's the exciting up-and-coming English coach with Villa. If we stay down with him, well, he's got a good pedigree for sort of surviving and doing well on a limited budget, developing players, and it sets us up for potentially the reality of, of um, having to live within our means. <laughs> Getting cosy and being a championship team for the next decade. Hooray! Anyway, <laughs> uh, next question from Stephen, how do you pronounce that? Delpert? Delipert? Uh, Stephen Delipt? Uh, or Stephen Daly, possibly with PT on the end. Yeah, who, who knows? Who knows? Stephen Welcome, Stephen. Would you like to see Villa in a documentary like the new Sunderland one? Oh, what a horror show that would be! Well, it's a bit. We're a bit past the uh, the sweet spot now, aren't we? It would have been interesting in the last few years. Mm. Fucking hell, if that had started when we were from when we were going down. <laughs> 
to now, it would have been chaos. No, in Zogbia, Lescott, Richards, McCormack's. You could have started that documentary just about the day that, like, McLeish arrived. That would have been a nice starting point. Well, (laughs) com is is literally a documentary on on that period. Mm. (laughs) So you can uh, go through the back catalogue. Yeah, I think it's time for the book. Uh, I mean, the the Sunderland one's been well done, apparently. The Man City one's quite good. Yeah, I, th- I think the the thing with the Manchester the Manchester City one is it's like the Hollywood ending. Obviously, they're winning mm. the Sunderland ones. I haven't seen it yet. I, I will uh, have a look at it. It's kind of the opposite. It's the anything, opposite, the and, and that instantly makes it more interesting. Is you know when a, when a club erodes away, yeah, and just implodes in a comical fashion. But and there is it's symbiotic with what's happened to Villa, so uh, it will be an interesting watch for sure. Because you know Sunderland, not quite the size of Villa, but Big club because they you know they get more at, at their games. Yeah, yeah. I don't, a lot of the time with Villa, to be brutally honest, I don't want to know what's going on behind the scenes. I dread to think half the time. Well, why do you always ask me? <laughs> because because uh, sometimes I don't the have scenes? a choice. <laughs> what's happening behind the scenes? I think uh, it, would have been, it would have been interesting to have a film crew following Doctor Tony around for oh, six that would or have nine been, months. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. Actually. He'd have been chasing for the SD cards, wouldn't he? Come. <laughs> Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, about that documentary. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's about a, that recon office that doesn't exist in Shanghai. Because you do, you, I <laughs> mean, when hoops. you when you're doing a documentary, I mean, you can do the same old shit. And you know, Netflix has pretty much got a template on how how to do a documentary now. Doesn't matter what it's about; it's has a very similar kind of production values, and you know, it's it's pretty good. The standards good, but I think you need something different. Uh, if you were to do one on Villa now, and I think what you just suggested would be great from the fly on the wall, Doctor Tony would would be a great great watch. I think I, I'd like to just have a Doctor Tony documentary now. I want to see what he's doing. Yeah, where yeah, he is. yeah. Um, I'd quite like reality TV to be honest. A bit like Big Brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah get him on. Get him on the, uh, the the Jungle Show as well, and the Keith Winers Diaries. <laughs> Keith Winers Diaries. <laughs> There's a podcast. Yeah. Right, Kazim18 says expectations for 2019. Promotion, done. We have to aim for promotion, don't we? I think that. Have to be promotion. However, we do it, it doesn't matter. Just we have to go. I would be seriously pissed off if we didn't make the playoffs this season. Yeah, yeah. I would consider that a big underachievement. You look at it, you just look at the teams around us and you think, Jesus Christ, you've only got to get your act together for probably 10 games. Exactly. And you can say all you want about, yeah, but look at what happened to us in the summer and our financial problems and blah, blah, blah. This already happened. And since then, we've beaten Derby 3 0, we've beaten. Middlesbrough three nil. We you know went on a, a nice little run. Should have beaten the Baggies. Should have beaten Leeds. So we can compete. We we have a squad. People conveniently forget that when you know they just want to justify their own you know their opinion to make an excuse for Villa being subpar. But we're good enough to get in the playoffs. That's the bottom line. I mean, you know, we should obviously be getting automatic. I, I would have liked to have seen Villa during their time in the Championship just to stride through the Championship and you thinking that's a team that's going to do some damage already in the Premier League. It would have been nice to see Villa as a front runner, yeah. just to see how we actually react to being you know, the first or second with a gap and going, right, are we going to, you know, because actually, as much as I dislike Bruce, I actually think if we'd have ever, ever got a four, five, six point gap on third place, I, I think Bruce would have known there how to grind it out and get us over the line. Yeah, well... You can go and support Sheffield Wednesday and find out if they can do it. No, I think I'll pass, thanks, Dave, <laughs> to be brutally honest. Right. Har- Watching Barry Bannon playing in goal. <laughs> uh, J7 says, talk about how shite Birmingham City are. Where's all the money gone? <laughs> they still managed to go above us, and they've and their form's been better than Villa's while Dean Smith's been in charge. So, uh, And as per usual, we, we beat the Blues and then we implode. Yeah. So... I can't be asked to laugh at the Blues, to be honest. No. And uh, they've they've got a shout for playoffs as well, by the way. So uh, watch out. Every when I'm at these police, if I go to these police meetings, uh, these independent advisory group things, I always like to throw in. Uh, so uh, have you prepared for the uh, Villa Blues uh, playoff final at Wembley yet? God, can there's you no plans in place, or a, or or, <laughs> or, a, or a two-legged playoff. Exactly. Can I you mean, imagine. Oh, Choose your word. poison. Which one do the you train want? Train journey down will be nice. <laughs> exactly. Choose you. That'd be fun, wouldn't if it? You, if you were the like, you're the head of the police, West Midlands Police, and I get, I'm giving you a choice. I am the football god, and I give you a choice. You can have 
Villa Blues Wembley final or you have to take Villa Blues two legs playoff semis, which one do you go for? God. I think it'd be the first behind closed doors. Yeah. <laughs> Wembley final. It would be the first game to ever have a metal wall down Wembley Way. <laughs> like, yeah. The whole of Wembley yeah. Way. They'll have to draft in look, the people from the river plate. It will literally look like it will look like the West Bank. <laughs> I think I think you go I I mean if I had to choose I mean, I would go for the Wembley one just for the fun and games uh, involved. Oh, shits and but also would be from a West Midlands point of view, your main responsibility yeah. is obviously getting them out of Birmingham and then doesn't it pass over? Pass them off to the companies. Yeah. <laughs> Passes over to the there army. There you go, then, speak it? later. <laughs> yeah, the army. The SAS and the SWAT team come in. Uh, but no, that that's something that people haven't... Oh, they'll play it abroad. That'd be good. We discussed this before, didn't yeah. we? They could, we could play it in Argentina. Bucket, Bucket Juniors, this stadium. <laughs> but uh, I noticed, I looked at the league table uh, this time last year. Derby, I think, were in automatic spot. They dropped off. Uh, there were also... There was, Sorry, uh, I'm just in the next question. It's hilarious. <laughs> there, uh, there was... <laughs> 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 well, that's gonna that's gonna take at least half an hour to discuss. Sorry, going back to it, Dar- Derby uh, were in uh, second place. They dropped out of the, of the playoffs altogether. Did no, they 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 scrambled in at the end, but they they, they lost to Fulham, didn't they? Everton? They dropped out of the automatics. Uh, Bristol City mm. would started off really well. They faded out. I think Sheffield United. So you know how the playoffs look now, and even automatic is not designated i i would half expect west brom to muscle in on the automatics above norwich at the moment uh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah they, I over agree the with season that. you think they might run them down yeah that's how i'm seeing it planning out but in terms of the blues they, they've got a legitimate chance of uh playoffs but they stand to get hit with a i think they've got a decent coach but they're going to get hit with i think the most points deduction that could be levied at them and you'd have to i mean look they need 40 million pounds in year just to so there's there's going to be real pinch points there, and I think that, that that could just see them peter out, I think, over the next few weeks and months. But what happens if they make it? They finish sixth, Villa finish seventh, and then they drop them drop the points reduction on them, and we have to swap places. That'll go down well. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be funny, but... You'd never hear the end of that. Oh, you only got in the playoffs. Would you prefer that? It'd be a shit way to... Would you prefer that just for the for the laughs, the L O Ls, or would you prefer Villa beating Blues at Wembley, playoff final? I'll beat them at Wembley. I'm not sure I could take the All stress. It would be I'm, a stressful I'm just going day. on previous and form I think at Wembley. The, the, the win at Wembley would have to go one or two ways. Could you, you imagine losing at Wembley in, to them? Oh, well, just I remember like when Liverpool, Liverpool were Liverpool and Manchester United were lined up to potentially appear in the Champions League final. Uh, this is going back of uh, I don't know around eight years ago or so, and I think one of them lost their particular semi final. And I remember my Liverpool friend dreading that eventuality, but mm. you know I was I think as a neutral English fan, I'd be you know and two teams that historically don't like each other Champions League finals as good as it gets as a uh, a face-off and he was saying I, I th- just the joy of winning is almost offset by the risk of getting beaten by oh, those bad horrible. bastards I, I completely it's the same I, I, um, I never enjoy Derby Day no, so, I don't but, enjoy Derby Day because we can only ever lose if we beat them that you get the oh you've got a team worth X amount of money blah yeah. blah blah and expectation all Villa can do on Derby Day is lose yeah. it'd be the same in a playoff final but just from a placing point of view, it'd be fun. Anyway, let's move on to uh, the big question, probably of of the year of two thousand eighteen, <laughs> wow. by uh, Ben Mitch. Right, and who's going to go first on this answering? Well, just just work it out in silence. Uh, okay. Question is: Would you rather have Steve Bruce's body and Gabby Abonglahor's head, or Gabby's body and Bruce's head? <laughs> wow! I, I remember when this came in, and, and I. I did actually give it serious thought. And- <laughs> it happened since I noticed it a few minutes ago. I've not really been focused on anything else. Now, I'd have to ask him, whose voice do I get? <laughs> well, I think the, you know. I think it's whose head well, you uh, get. We're, we're set, we'll dust ourselves down. And, uh... <laughs> I think the, the clue is in whose head you get. Okay. <laughs> um it's, 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 I don't it's, mind being called Potato Head. I'd probably have a, I'd probably have Gabby's body with Steve Bruce's head because Gabby hasn't got a brain between his ears, has he? So, 
I definitely have Steve Bruce's body and Gabby's head. I mean, just just for the comedy factor, we could sit next to each other in the upper halls. It would be a conversation piece, if nothing else. That would be brilliant. Yeah, what happened to you two? Well, we were dusting ourselves down and uh, it all went Somebody horribly wrong. Somebody cut our heads off. Yeah, I would probably... We got cabbaged. One night, we got absolutely cabbaged. Cabbaged. I'd probably go with uh, Gabby's body and Bruce's head just because there's probably more chance of living a bit longer. Can you imagine a Geordie Gabby Agbonlahor? No, Barry Bannon's legs there as well. Just... <laughs> the matchsticks. Anyway, ho- hopefully, Ben, that answers your question. Uh, That's question of the year so yeah, far. It's a very, very, very good question. Uh, Mr. Linternet says, are the amount of draws we've picked up over our tenure in the championship been our downfall? Uh, well, it's been our downfall. Uh, well, it was under, a downfall under McLeish, almost got us relegated. Uh, but this season, definitely. Yes, in a word. Yeah, our lack of being clinical in general has cost us over, well, all three seasons in the championship, mm. really. Yeah. And an incompetent owner. I would throw that in. Yeah, throw that in. Yeah. I think uh, if you want to draw to sum it all up, it's got to be that Forest game where yeah. first, what mm. is it, opening minutes, you're expecting to lose that game. You're 2-0 down already and Forest are no mugs. They're pretty good on the counter. So obviously you're going to have to chase the game. So you're going to be opened up and susceptible to more goals. But to suddenly get yourself into that game would be 5-4 up playing 10 men and then let it slip. And with a horrible goal, that fifth goal, and yeah. the fact that it was grabbing as well, yeah. was a joke. But it kind of, it pretty much has summed up the whole league that you've got all these teams that are, can play brilliant, expansive football going forward and nobody can defend. Yeah, it was in, that, no I watched one. that Forest-Leeds game and uh, Leeds, I think Forest were up and then Leeds went down to 10 men and you think, oh, that's game over. And then Leeds scored and Leeds were fighting back and playing as if, you know, they had equal men. And then in the end... Leeds went Leeds went 2-1 up in that game, didn't they? Yeah, and then Forrest... And then fell apart. Just at the end, uh, you know, that extra man kind of showed. Next question. Hoppo1313 asks, what do you think could be done to improve midweek game atmosphere? I don't think it's midweek necessarily. It's, it's uh, every game at Villa Park. And I think they're trying with music, music before games. Uh, There needs to be... It's all right having a a flag group on Twitter or whatever, trying to uh, arrange things, but there really needs to be an on-the-ground group like they used to be, the Brigada guys that were shackled by the club. There was a point where that almost became bigger and there was a potential for something interesting in the Holt end. And that was when they were going to make L7 and L8, uh, for want of a better term, a singing section. And they'd actually uh, green lit it. But the thing is, they didn't actually communicate it to anybody. And for example, the only word they put out was in an interview tacked on to a Steve Steve Sherwood that used to play for Watford in goal back in the day. They tacked it on to a Tim Sherwood interview online that basically said, you know, Tim Sherwood's going, oh, yeah, we've got to get the fans together. Yeah, yeah, got to, you know, uh, we need them in their masses. And then it says, good news, I'm sure Tim will be pleased of. Section L7, L8 will be a singing section, henceforward. That was it. That was the only mention. You can't start such a section in a football ground with that. It, it takes communication to fans that are already there, like, for example, season ticket holders, that this thing is coming to town that this section is going to be there and what it actually means. A singing section, you know, it's, it's basically a polite word, way to say uh, standing will be tolerated. And of course, there was a drum in there and, you know, X, X, Y, Z. And fans who weren't expecting this were like, you know, what the hell's going on here? And start complaining straight away, you know, oh, there's a flag in my face for like five seconds. Because the modern day football fan is, a, let's say, is a bit of a killjoy and, and quite selfish and entitled and doesn't understand what being in a crowd's all about and, you know, crowd that's going in the same direction. The post Taylor Report fan doesn't, that's their base level expectation. It's a very sanitised view of yeah. football. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, it's killed the game. I mean, I went to Juventus and, you know, in with the Droogie, and that's another story because uh, I ended yeah. ended up in a... Good story, that. It is a good story. I should tell it one day on the podcast where I ended up circled by about 15 of them, one of them trying to kill me, but... Uh, and I'm still here to tell the tale. So uh, only takes one uh, Villa fan to take on the Drugi. That's all I'm going to say. You look at the the ultra culture in Italy and uh, and Germany, 
and they run their own stand. Yeah, and that this is the difference. Security it's, and it's all. not playing Patsy to the club and going, "Oh, can we can we have a can we wave a flag at at, at the game?" It's it's basically you dictate it because you've got numbers, and that's what Villa. But Villa fans are always like fighting with each other, or suspicious of each other, or you know, there's too many kind of factions within within the group to actually move in the same direction. Uh, and these things, you can't just do it on Twitter. You've got to do it on the ground. And uh, and I don't really see much hope of it actually happening. I think as well, our our young and sort of vocal support has been split in recent years that. The whole end where it used to be, so many of them now are in the bottom of the north stand down by the away fans. So your lively support is split two ends of the yeah, ground. Yeah, and, and to be honest, you know the reason why they go it's cheap, isn't it? Down there, it's, a it's cheaper because a lot of fans have been priced priced out, and also it is fun. I mean, I you know I've been down there you know several times. And it is an actual atmosphere that, you know, takes me back a few years, you know, when, when there was a bit of an atmosphere at, at Villa Park. But the, believe you me, they're clamping down on that section and there's going to be changes yeah. uh, incoming. And uh, there's been a lot of crowd surging and celebration of goals, which actually, you know, judging from some of the video footage I've been shown, is dangerous and is a concern. So uh, I think they're going to put little sterile... Uh, they're going to do sterile, you know, lines of seats where they just keep them uh, border off uh, that section. I think R two and R one, so uh, they can kind of police it a bit better because there's a lot of migration. Everybody wants to get down into that corner, you know, for the banter, obviously. But it is a problem. But it's something the the club don't really sit down and think, right? How are we going to make, improve the atmosphere beyond like you know music or, or waving flags after goals or whatever that has to come from the fans and the fans have to be quite forceful with it to make it a thing and then once you get the numbers and once it's happening then the club kind of start to appreciate it and help facilitate it obviously you know you can't take the piss but uh, this it takes a lot of play i mean i've spoken to uh, liverpool groups who obviously do all the flags and displays on the cop and you know that just didn't happen overnight it was about winning stadium security trust and uh, having clear communication and you know both of them holding hands as they go uh, along and and do it to build that trust and uh and it's actually having a bit of a, a budget to do it well yeah you know, there's no point in half arsing if you're going to do it you have to do it well yeah like ix for example late club would actually give their fans a pot a budget of you know a good few grand every season to do uh tifos and displays uh one of the kind of semi-reasons they did it was because the Ajax away fans and their European games were causing so much mayhem in different towns and getting banned and getting UEFA fines that they thought, well, we'll do this TIFO display pot. And I forgot how many grand it was. It was, you know, it was a good five-figure, like 75 grand or something ridiculous. Don't quote me on that. But the, the idea was it was an incentive. It was like, if you behave yourself on away trips, then you get to spend this money on displays. If you don't, then those UEFA fines will come out of that pot, which is yeah. the best way to deal with things like that is to offer like incentives, not just punishments, if you know what I mean, to insensitize good behavior rather than uh, just punishment and bans and all that kind of stuff. In terms of atmosphere, it's one of those things where there's so much barriers in the way that it's hard to see it actually happening and you know becoming like the good old days but there i think there is a way of doing it but uh it takes so much effort and um you know life's too short for me a, a younger man will do it next question sturgy boy asks kalinich legend in the making what i'd say about this is you just need to take in in uh in my experience with villa goalkeepers legend in the making just take leg off legend it's his end in the making <laughs> <laughs> this would be the one career move. Was it three years he's waited? He'll regret those three. He could have done anything else. What, what was that quote you told me uh, where he said he's three times better three the times keeper? The yeah. Three times the player that we were going to sign three years ago. You think, oh my yeah, word. It could have been 9-0 against Swansea if we signed, signed him three years ago. <laughs> think of the improvement. Uh, never mind. We're, we're, we are joking about this. I have a feeling he'll. I have a feeling he'll come good in time. He'll take a little while to settle in, but I think he'll be all right. <laughs> Legends win trophies. Yeah, exactly. Connor Linden nine says, "How are your podcasts so good?" Well, where to it begin? It could actually be better if we had uh, the same amount of uh, patrons as the Ask Blog has, for example, which is like almost three thousand. So if you're thinking of uh, becoming a My Old Man Said patron, do join myomansaid.com 
and check out the patron option. And you'll notice so good podcasts becoming so great. That hasn't actually answered the question, though. You haven't actually said, why are we so well, good? Just my, why my editing so good, skills, Dave? basically. That's about it, really. <laughs> Owen, have you got a lot to do tonight? <laughs> I think I think that's more the, that is that hits the nail on the head. Really, I think it's this condensing of our collective intellectual minds at two eighteen a.m. <laughs> Having a, started at ten p.m. <laughs> on a Sunday night, where we said we'll do a quick one and we'll have an early night. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Where you would think I'm going to start two thousand nineteen on the front foot, refreshed after eight hours sleep. None of this late night nonsense like two thousand eighteen. Of this, this is like self inflicted Guantanamo style yeah. sleep deprivation. That it's it's two twenty, <laughs> and the boiler man's coming around at eight thirty in the morning to uh, start the uh, yeah, the replacement. Why you're so grumpy and yeah? Why is this guy <laughs> with a, the body of a Gabriel Bonnehor and the head of Steve Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> this is the weirdest call I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, he, he'll just say, uh, "Judging by your appearance, you, you're not getting enough beauty sleep." <laughs> I say, "Yeah, because that's because I'm up to fucking the early hours recording a podcast and then spending an all night to trying to edit it together." <laughs> yeah, so that's why the podcast is so good because we just uh, basically put ourselves on a path to an early grave just to make them. And Villa are the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, the the material is always there, so that's uh, not a problem. One of the problems why it takes up so much time is because we're not in the same room and natural conversation is easier flow because, you know, we don't know when somebody's starting to talk or somebody finishes talking, but you do if you're in the same room because you obviously can see each other. So that um, that would knock hours off the editing for sure. But we don't really have the inclination, equipment, <laughs> <laughs> equipment, uh, location, or inclination to uh, do the podcast we really want. I mean, one one podcast we want to do is the you know the live uh, weekly live show thing. That would be uh, immense, or at least monthly, because then you, you'd, as as well as uh, the three of us and another you know guests that we have on, you know, you'd have the. Uh, the characters. the characters you'd have the people in the crowd as well this i mean the whole thing about podcasts is i i think it's it should just be an audio show and that's why i, I only wanted to do it audio i mean people doing youtube videos as podcasts they're not podcasts they're videos yeah. well that's a, that's a channel and I'm, I'm talking generally in youtube uh, a lot of a lot of big big youtubers like you know even like the true geordie for example joe rogan joe rogan that, that's that's a video and it's an expensive yeah, production. And, you know, we're talking uh, multiple camera setups, people behind the scenes, fucking loads of them. I remember this, uh, was it Not the Offside Rule, which is uh, a podcast by three, I think they were all Sky presenters, female Sky presenters, and obviously playing on uh, Not, we know the, what's it called? We know the Offside Rule, playing that old mm. adage that women, you know, girls don't know the Offside Rule, which is just sexist in its, uh, in its intent and title, even though it's playing off it. And not only do they have like sponsorship, Pirelli tires and all this kind of stuff, obviously they've got contacts at Sky. Their podcast doesn't do big numbers or anything, but you look at the people who were working on it and there's, there's hundreds, literally. They've got people writing for their website and nobody listens to it. You know, we probably get more listeners and, you know, nothing against it, but this is a bootstrap production, ours is. And, you know, they've got all these people working for free because it will look good on their CV, blah, blah, blah. You know, bullshit, basically, people say, come and work for us and we'll we'll make sure you have an... If you can edit, God, I'd love you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, thanks very much for that compliment. I don't know how we, uh, we carry on doing this because it doesn't make any sense. But with more patrons, get us up to the Arse blog standard, then uh, then we'll have a proper podcast. And we'll have a record label to release uh, Chris Budd's music on as well. Right, so we've, we're going to die in the morning. We've fucked up our 2019 already. So uh, bring, on yeah, bring on 2020, 2020. So if you want to keep... And not the cricket. Oh, well, let's see what you did there. Thank you. Right, Thank so you. that's the end of this bonus show. As we said, we'll try to bring two shows and obviously, or at least uh, the main show and then a bonus show uh, for the My Old Man Said patrons. So until next time, Let's hope the transfer window goes in our favour. So until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. My old man said. Now that does prompt me for my anecdote from the Hawthorns when I overheard a, a West Brom fan as, as Whelan was being brought onto the onto the field of play as a sub saying that the only thing... The only thing the only thing with more pace than Whelan was was his receding hairline. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
And <laughs> you sure that's right? You just said the only thing with more pace than Whelan. Did I say that? Oh, less pace? Yeah. Yeah, start again. The only thing. Just from sorry, my igloo's collapsing around me. It's the it's this modern, <laughs> my recon igloo's collapsing around me. Hang on. You can start from the only thing. Yeah, the the only thing with more pace than uh, than Whelan is his, is his receding hairline. No, no, no. The only thing with less pace. Less pace than Whelan. Yeah, you said the only thing with more pace than Whelan. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, yeah no. Pace. Yeah, you right. keep saying wondering. more pace. Yeah, I said more pace, didn't I? Yeah, but everything's got more pace than Whelan. Anything with less pace. Yeah, it should be less pace. Yeah, yeah, less pace. The only thing with less pace than... Oh, bloody hell. I'm lost now. Yeah, it's the only thing with less pace. Is that right? Is it 1.30 in the morning and I've lost my mind? Is that happening So he's got a slow receding hairline. If he's got less pace than Glenn. No, you're saying the only thing with more pace is what you've just said, but everything's got more pace than Whelan. Okay, so the, the only thing with less pace than Whelan is his receding hairline. (laughs) <laughs> Come on, Chris! Fake laughter. Hardy <laughs> <laughs> ha! Uh, you, you know when you when you're doing retakes, you've got to live if it's it, if it's the freshest moment. Exactly. Fresh. Right from the top, do it again, and we'll try do it to again. do really good fake laughter. Less take. It has two. reached one thirty in the morning. You know what? I can't actually think. Right, porridge is coming out of my ears. So oh, it does remind me of the anecdote from from the Just, Hawthorns where. No, I just remembered the boiler man's coming at half eight. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Wounded. Is he ideal boiler? That got a laugh. <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.